Ladies and gentlemen, friends that have been listening to me for years and years, gym owners, fitness entrepreneurs, friends, <laughs> athletes of my programming, athletes of my gym, employees of mine that are out there and in my gym, and to all the people right now that are you know, struggling with what we're all dealing with right now, which is e- either a quarantine or a shutting down of our business or some sort of struggle that's going on with what's going on in the world right now. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> There's not much that we can really say, but there is a lot that we can do, right? I mean, if we're all going to be inside, if we're all going to be, you know, confined to our computers, to our TVs, to our family, to our friends, to all these, you know, different things that we have inside of our home, because that's where the majority of people are going to be for the next couple of weeks. And hopefully it doesn't go on for months and months. And hopefully those of you who have young children and old, and <clears throat> I shouldn't say old, elderly parents and older people in your life in general, hopefully they're okay. And, you know, things don't get worse. But this is very, very important right now, this time that we're living in right now to to really try to squeeze some lemonade out of the lemons that we're living in right now. I mean, whenever there's something like this, your main goal should be to create opportunity out of it. I know everybody's going to say that. I know everyone's going to say, you know, make light of the bad opportunities and all of these things, right? You, you're like, oh, you know what? Fuck you, man. Like, what the fuck am I going to do, right? There's a, there really is a ton of things that you can do. You know, a lot of you guys who are listening to this right now, there's no way that you're not into fitness. Otherwise, you wouldn't have found this podcast, right? Maybe you don't own your own business. Maybe you, uh, you aren't a trainer. You're, you, know, you just like to listen to me because you think I'm cool or you like you know, my message or something like that. Or you want to learn something extra about fitness. But I would say, and I would probably guess, the majority of you are entrepreneur-esque. So in this time, this, this is... This is a full-on push for most of you guys to start creating uh, like an online platform for yourself, to start creating a social media platform for yourself. If you've been, you know, like really, really dragging your feet on this subject, this is a time to really get yourself out there and start broadening your business and start broadening your scope and start opening up, you know, the possibility of new ventures. I mean, this is this is a time for all of that. This is a time to start understanding how to, how, to, how to market and how to run advertising and, and all of these things. And you have time right now to be at home and listen to several podcasts like mine, to listen to other people that are really good at creating you know better acquisition and ad campaigns and click funnels and all of these things that could help potentially promote your products. If you, you know, already are doing pretty well, you just want to learn how to you know, do very, very well, then you should probably contact me and I'll have, you know, my new company, the Jim Ryan LLC, help you and your company and hopefully five to 10 times whatever you're making right now. That would be great. But in all reality and in all seriousness, this podcast is just about inspiring you guys. And what I thought that I would do is I would re-air an episode that had the best ratings I had ever had of all time. <laughs> It's called Hard Work Beats Talent. It's a podcast that I put out um, almost a year ago now. 
and it's a, it's a quick recap. It's an hour long recap of kind of my story. I get emotional a few times, and it's it's something that I aired on the Barbell Shrugged. Um, yeah, about a year ago now, and it it's it's still one of my most downloaded episodes. And since I've switched back to my own platform, I wanted to re-air this episode, get you guys really really amped up, get you guys really really inspired, and. It has a good amount of my story in it. The only parts that are in it or the only parts that aren't in it now are kind of what I've been doing recently with the new social media company and kind of growing the businesses that I've talked about throughout this podcast in a little bit more in a little bit more I don't have all the detail that I'm at right now. So I'm a year past all of that stuff, but it's an ongoing story that I think is fucking awesome for you guys. You guys get to hear me go from absolutely nothing to, you know, growing a multi-million dollar business. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, really big numbers coming up in the future. And I did all that with absolutely nothing. So I love this story so much to really motivate you guys. And, you know, when you're sitting at home and you and you hear this, it's, it's fuck, it's going to fire you up. Like, it's going to get you going. And then there's points where I cry and I get emotional and it's going to get you going. So the only thing I'd like to add really is that all the things that I did talk about in this podcast have grown even more since. So I just want the motivation level to be high. I want the feelings to be high. I want you to absolutely love this episode. I want it to give you motivation. I want it to give you everything that you need to believe in yourself because I fucking believe in you. I believe in all of the people out there that are insanely, ridiculously can't help it motherfucking passionate about what they do because it's all they fucking know. It's all they know. It's all you know. If I'm talking to you right now, there is something that you're so fucking good at, you're so, so passionate about, and you can't stop doing it. And that is the answer to everything right now, I fucking promise you, because a lot of people right now are going to give up. This is a time where the whole fucking world is going to fall apart and the people who stay passionate, they stay true to themselves, they're going to win. And you don't necessarily have to have money for that to happen. You have to have the passion and you have to be able to port- and tell people about that passion, portray it in a way that you know people can see it, they can conceive it, they can fucking feel it, and they know it's real. And you can do that with your phone. You can put the phone on your face. You can talk about how much you love what you do. You can put it out there on social media. You can ask people to help you. And there's a lot of people right now, they're still getting paid from their job. There's a lot of people who still have money. And yes, there's a lot of people who are losing a shit ton of money. But it's also a great time to have a lot of opportunity. There's going to be a lot of people in times like these that create an amazing amount of opportunity. So regardless, and without any further ado, I would love to get this episode going so it's not too long for you guys. But hey, I know you're at home. You ain't got shit to do. So you guys have a nice episode um, coming for you. Before we hit the episode, I would like to tell you guys that in the next two weeks, um, I'm literally recording this podcast right now on a Monday night, and you guys are going to listen to it Tuesday. So um, it's it's probably it's, – it's almost midnight. It is almost Tuesday already. But anyway – um, the next carb cycle challenge is coming up in the next two weeks. It will start. And I know it's not super relevant for most of you guys, but since we are all in our homes <laughs> and a lot of people are not able to work out as much as they used to inside of a gym, it's going to be very, very important for you guys to be able to understand 
how much calories that you need right now to at least maintain where you're at or even potentially try to lose weight now so that you know you don't get too out of hand when you get back to the gym. So right now, I think that nutrition is the number one thing that everyone should know and everyone should be practicing. And if you don't know a lot about nutrition, you don't know a lot about macros, this is a great time to really learn that stuff and really, really understand it and really, really get into the academic academia, academic um, part of this whole thing. Learn how much carbs you need, how much protein you need, how much fats you need, and learn how to change your body whenever you need to, not only for you, but for your family, for your, your clients, for all your people. Uh, this is a great time to do the challenge. I have the carb cycle challenge, the keto cycle challenge. The only difference is one has more carbs, one has more fats. You're still going to be able to win $1,000 for the top three people, which is going to be dope and needed for some people. You're going to get a free ebook, whether it's dumbbells or kettlebells, or if you have access to a gym, you have that type of program, you get that. And I just added a body weight only program to my Chalk Online app. And you guys all get a free month of the Chalk Online app. So you guys will be able to see the CrossFit, the sweat, the daily D workouts, which is just a set of dumbbells, a pull-up bar, and a jump rope. And then you'll see the body work program, which is my new program. It's just body weight. So super applicable programs for a lot of people right now. And if you guys watch my Instagram, the CrossFit Chalk Instagram, I'm going to be posting a lot of videos about all of these different workouts and some of the details that go with them and so on and so forth. So it's a great time to check out the challenge, check out the books I have right now. Code Corona, C-O-R-O-N-A, will give you 25% off all of my books if you decide to not buy the challenge and just want to buy an ebook uh, for dumbbells or kettlebells or whatever going forward. I just want to make sure that I have you know, all the things necessary and all the things appropriate for you guys right now while you're in your homes and you can't go to the gym. So that's that. Visit jimryan.com, G-Y-M-R-Y-A-N.com. You guys can check all that stuff out. If you have any other questions, just DM me or, or shoot me an email at info at crossthechalk.com, and I'll get back to you guys. All right, without any further ado, a classic, one of my favorites, and probably one of my all-time highest downloads of all time. I introduce to you guys Hard Work Beats Talent. All right, everybody, we are back with another episode of Real Chalk. This time, I really wanted to dive into a few things that really made me want to start podcasting. Um, I had a lot of things happen in my life that don't happen to a lot of people. <laughs> and I, I, I made a lot of moves that I feel like are really important to go over that I think will help a lot of people. And in reality, I started the podcast because I just wanted to help people. My first podcast was actually a nutrition episode that I really wanted to get across to my members. And they would all ask me questions about nutrition. And I was like, well, I don't really have enough time to tell you everything about nutrition in a way that makes me feel good about it. Like, I don't want to tell you like five or six things in like two or three minutes. So, and then move on and then just like not give you the value that you need. I, I, I need everyone to understand so many things. So what happened was I created a podcast and I sent it out to everybody in the gym and I sent it out to um, just other friends, family and stuff like that. I'm like, here, like check this out. Listen to this. I did a little bit of research, made sure I was tip top on all my stuff. And when I sent it out, everybody's like, dude, this is awesome. It's hilarious. It's this, it's that. And then I talked about my personal story about how everything became the way it is with the gym and everything like that. And I was like, man, um, this is really powerful and people really, really dig it and they're really excited about it. 
the thing that happens after a while though is you start podcasting you know 100 plus episodes and three i mean i mean, i've probably had like 300 now but like you just run out of things to say you 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 run out of um new topics like people to talk to um things like that but so i think it's nice to to full circle come back around talk about some things that really really get me excited i really want to motivate you guys for the week and i think it's just really really important to talk about my story and also add new things to the story that are the story that 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 is it's the story that is it's the it's the story that i'm living every day right now and there's so many things that happen on a daily basis that is beneficial for so many people and there's so many things that i could say to help so many people yeah i don't know why i said it like that but nonetheless let's get this thing going let's start talking about all the things And if you're a new listener right now and you don't know my story, you're about to hear some really cool shit, and I'm really excited for you. If you've already heard my story a million times, um, oh, I've never really, like, laid it down on the Barbell Shrugged Collective. I laid it down on my own Real Chalk episode back in the day, but um, I never really laid it down on here. So I don't know if anyone knows the full deal, but basically, I wanted to go in the military, like, more than anything. Like I, I was a helicopter pilot in, um, in college. I went to University of Hawaii and I was going to pilot school at the same time and I got my license. And after that, I wanted to go in the military to fly. And um, the, the military officer, the officer, the recruiting officer, sorry, he said, you know, you have to have your degree so you can go in and become an officer. And then that's, that's how people get, you know, these, these flight flight jobs. So I was like, all right, I'll go back to school. And uh, while I was in school, I had met someone who was an amazing athlete and, and always just kind of like offered me to go work out with him. You got to come work out with me. You got to come work out. And like, I was just like a kind of a surfer bum at the time. I was like smoking a lot of weed. Like I just was like a, an average dude. And um, I went and started working out with him one day. He's like, he, he really got me to go work out. So as I was uh, working out with him, like, as the months went by, this guy's like, dude, you are, like, a freak of nature. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you are so strong. And um, one thing led to another. Like, I found out that he was, like, an all-American football player and was, like, one of the greatest athletes, like, in the nation. And he's, you know, building me up and telling me that I'm, like, some freak athlete. So it, it meant a lot coming from him. And wanting to go into the military as a pilot started to feel a little bit less and less like what I wanted to do because I started to realize that I was like this really cool, uh, like freakish athlete. So I got into CrossFit and I started, well, I didn't get into CrossFit yet actually. No. Um, I got recruited by the Olympic skeleton and bobsled team at the time. That's what happened first. So, Verizon, the phone company, was they were going every state, all 50 states, and they were trying to find new athletes for the skeleton and bobsled team. So I tried out for this after working out with my friend for like a few months. I didn't know that I was going to try out for this. It just I saw the flyer, and I was like, I'm going to give it a go. Let's do it. So I went, and I did that, and my scores were like second in the nation. So I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. Like, I could be an Olympian. Like, this is amazing. So 
Um, one thing led to another. I'll fast forward it. I wound up moving to Utah, and I trained with the Olympic team for five years. And I was on track to, to do really well and make the team and everything, and I tore my ACL snowboarding in, a, in an accident, which is partially why my knee is completely fucked now. It's probably mainly the reason why it's really messed up now. Um, everyone thinks it's from too much crossfitting or this or that. It's really not. It's my own dumb fault for being in a snowboard accident. Anyway, as that happened, um, I had graduated. And then once I graduated with my degree, I was like, shit, like I don't want to do the Olympics again. Cause it's every four years is really when anybody cares about it. It just seemed like a lot of work to put in and maybe I'd get hurt again or, you know, a couple things can happen along the way and it's, it's just a long time. So a friend of mine was like, you should try doing CrossFit. I bet you'd really like it. Uh, and if you're going to go in the military, it's the best way to train. Cause I was still thinking about going in to be a pilot, but I just like, I just wanted to do something athletic so bad. So, um, I went to my first CrossFit gym and the guy that was running it happened to get second at the CrossFit games. So he, he knew like who was going to be good or whatever. Like he just knew a lot about it. He was, you could just tell when you talked to him that he, he was different than most people. So when I first walked in, he just gave me this look like, Oh my God, I can just tell this kid's going to be good. I did like my first workout. He like absolutely loved me. And he asked me to train with him and to, you know, get ready to go to regionals and all these things. Like, he's like, I I know you're going to do good. I know this. Uh, just by watching the way you move and I can just tell like blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't really super into it, but I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. Let's go. Like we'll train. And my overall goal is to go in the military. Anyway, I was thinking about being like a Navy SEAL at this point because they were like the most athletic people I could think of. So, um, that was my goal at the time. And I'm running, I'm swimming, I'm doing all the CrossFit workouts. And I'm starting to realize that I really am like this pretty freaky person and I'm um I, I have the ability to go to the CrossFit games, which I didn't even know was a, like I didn't even know how cool it was at the time. It just seemed like something that people did and if you made it there, great. Now it's like a way bigger thing. This is um two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. That was my first regionals. So one thing led to another. I made it to regionals. I didn't know what I was doing when I got there. I got a lot of, you know, no reps and didn't really understand how competition went. I had no idea what I was doing. So when that was over, I was like so pissed. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I can do this so much better. Like give me another year of training and no one's going to beat me in this. Like there's just no way. So I kept training and it was, it was, uh, it was, it it took over everything. It was the greatest feeling I had ever had. I, I loved how hard you have to work to really show how good you are. Like there's nothing better than earning, earning that spot. You know what I mean? Like there is no luck. There is no this, there is no that. Like if you did well, like you were prepared and you worked so hard to get there. And that is the only way that you could get there. And I loved that about the sport. Like I had to practice my gymnastics all the time. I had to do my cardio all the time. I had to work on my strength. I had to do everything. And training was my favorite part of even being on the Olympic team was like just the training aspect, being in the gym with with the guys and being outside pushing sleds and all this stuff. And 
that was pretty much what my life became. And I loved it more than anything. It was the greatest feeling ever. And I, um, I realized that I could train for a living and it was just, it was all I ever wanted. And, um, but the, the, the idea of being in the military was something that was still in my head as far as like what I needed to do for money and like a career. Cause like a career was like really deep in my, in my mind. And my, my parents were always like, you know, you have to, you have to have a job, you have to have a career. And I didn't know what CrossFit was going to be or what it was going to do for me or if it even would be a career. So I kept the military number one and I thought, where, where else uh, better to go, especially if I want to be a SEAL than to move to San Diego and move to California. So I went on Craigslist and started looking at different jobs and I found a CrossFit job. It was like a manager of a CrossFit gym in San Diego. And that's where all the Navy SEALs train. So I can go train with them and talk to them and live that whole lifestyle, which I was really excited for. And I decided to make the move and I came out for this job. I was really excited about it. Like the first month was going great. And then it was just like a ton of micromanaging going on to the point where it wasn't really fun anymore. Like the person who owned the gym was like, oh, I'm going to make all the workouts now instead of you. And uh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I want everything to go in this direction. And it just none of it was like what I really envisioned myself doing. So we kind of butt heads for a little bit. And at, and like there was a, eventually a point where I was just like, I just can't do this anymore uh, the, the members like hate the workouts. Like I feel like everyone's taking it out on me and it's really not. Cause like I was running the gym, but what was really being done on the back end was really what was running the gym instead of me. So eventually we just got in this huge fight at the gym, me and the owner. And I was like, forget this. I'm out of here and I'll be able to go get a job, you know, at any CrossFit gym very easily. Like who wouldn't want to hire me? I was this great athlete and, I was really knowledgeable. I have my degree in exercise physiology and another degree in nutrition from University of Utah when I was on the Olympic team training. And I was a helicopter pilot and like all these things. I mean, I had a, such a great freaking resume to give to people. Like who wouldn't want to hire me? So I found out that no one wanted to hire me actually. So I went to every CrossFit gym and I tried to tell them that, you know, I'd start from the bottom. I would do anything. I would even start cleaning the floors, like whatever I had to do to get a job there. And they all were like, well, we don't really know you. I came from Utah, so like no one in California knew me. Like we don't really know you, so we only hire from within the gym. Um, like that just kept happening over and over and over and over again, or no one had anything. And I went to uh, University of San Diego to be a strength conditioning coach, like see if they had anything online, like pretty much like applying for everything that was like anything that had to do with fitness. Like I tried for everything, even like basic gyms, anything like that. I probably should have looked for like a server job or something. I probably would have got something. I don't know why I didn't look for that at the time, but I was so passionate about fitness and so passionate about just anything that had to do with that genre of work that that was like all I wanted to settle for. And I wasn't willing to settle for anything else. And months and months went by and my bank account, you know, became nothing. Like I went from having like $5,000 saved as a young kid to having about, you know, just a couple hundred bucks. And my rent was going to be $1,200 next month and I didn't have it. So throughout the time of me looking for a gym to work at, 
there was one gym that told me no, but they said that I could work out there. So I started to work out at that gym in San Diego. It was called Pacific uh, CrossFit PB at the time, and now it's called uh, San Diego Athletics, which I think they went back now to a CrossFit name. But anyway, I was working out there the whole time, and I basically told everybody in there, hey, I got to go. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't have any money. No one really knew my situation. I was just there, and I worked out, and everyone thought everything was fine. But when I actually told them my situation, a lot of them really felt for me, and they wanted to help, but they really couldn't. There's nothing they could do. It was, it, was, it was something that I created for myself, and I had to deal with it. And at this time, I really didn't have any clue what I really wanted to do. Like, I loved strength conditioning. I didn't know if I wanted to be a strength conditioning coach. I loved the idea of being in the military. I didn't even know if I really wanted to do that anymore because I loved CrossFit so much. I just really wanted to keep training and something told me, like I had this weird gut feeling that that was like what I was born to do. Like I just knew that if I kept doing that, because like when I worked out, it inspired people. Like I could see it. Like they were just like, man, like he fucking loves this. And at the time, it didn't matter. Like, you weren't making money from that love. But inside, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. So I kept doing it. And that's where I spent a lot of my time when I wasn't looking for a job. And uh, and then what happened was I was like, all right, guys, I have to go home. I don't know when I'll be back or if, if I'll be back or whatever. But I just like wanted to say bye to everybody. And this girl who was at the gym at the time, her name was Erin, Erin Dwyer, actually. She said to me, you can stay on my couch for as long as you need to get on your feet and, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know this girl, like blah, 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 blah. So I spent like two or three days like in my car, no place to live. And uh, I still was working out every day. Nobody understood like how bad it really was for me. I was going to Whole Foods actually, and I would – you know, grab as much food as I could and I'd go sit down and I would just eat it. Like I wouldn't pay for anything. I did that for months. Like, man, I stole thousands of dollars worth of food. I'm sorry. Whole foods, uh, had to do it. I really, I really had to. Um, anyway, I wound up saying yes to her and I said, let's go, let's do it. I'll stay on your couch. And I was there for like three or four months. Oh, it was just painful. You know, like you just feel like such a piece of shit. Like you just come home every day and yeah, you still don't have anything happening and you just like feel like such a loser. And then, you know, I have five brothers and sisters on my mom's side that I grew up with and I have some other sisters on my on my dad's side. There's a lot of us. And uh, I was like the one person in the family that was like really always did well. I had always had good grades. I was like the kid that went on the Olympic team and – I killed sports in high school and everything was just, I, my future looked so bright for me and I was the only one in my family that was like that. And my mom absolutely like loved me for all of those things and looked up to everything I did. And I'm on this couch and I'm just like laying there and I'm like having anxiety attacks every night. Just like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I'm letting my mom down. I'm letting my family down. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I just like felt frozen all the time. And it was just like this horrible gut wrenching feeling that just felt like shit all the time. But I just knew that 
whatever the answer really was for me to get out of it at that time, like, oh, just go be a server or just move home and, and get the, you know, the job with more job security or, you know, do what everyone is telling you to do. I just like, I've, I've never been that person. I had to go against the grain. I had to do what wasn't possible. It just felt like the right thing for me. So there was this competition. It was called the OC Throwdown. It was the biggest competition outside the CrossFit Games. And they threw an online qualifier. And all the best athletes in the world, people I was watching on YouTube, people I looked up to, these were the best CrossFitters ever. They were all signed up for it. And it was it was free to sign up. You just had like if you got top three, you would win a hundred dollars. Uh, I think it was three hundred for first, two hundred for second, and a hundred for third. And you have to submit your video to make sure it was legit. And then this is like when Instagram and Facebook was starting. So like when they po- when someone posted something of you doing something, it was like a big deal at the time. Nobody was getting hundreds of thousands of followers or millions like it is now, but it was like you know people were starting to use it. So I had gotten top three, I think, in every single workout, and I won some kind of money. And at the end of all of it, I was second place overall. And it was insane because I'm thinking to myself, you know, I always knew I was this good, but to actually put my scores up against everybody else and see how it went and to see the way that it went, it was just like, oh, my God, like I am good enough. Like I know that I can go to the games and I know that I can show people, you know, that I can win. Like I knew I could win. Like I didn't think that I was going to just go and do well. Like I never thought that I was going to go podium or that I would go and get top 10 or 20. Like I always thought in my head and in my heart that I was going to win the games. And it was, it was this, you know, just perpetual feeling of just like throwing myself forward and just, just utter confidence. And it blasted me through the most depressing times I ever had. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm starting to get a little upset. Um, sorry, guys. Um, it's a little, it, it's a touchy subject. So I, um, I got second in that online qualifier, and then I, um, whew. Anyway, I got second in the online qualifier, and then the competition was a month after the qualifier. And it was $200 to sign up. And I did not have the money to sign up, obviously. So the owner of the competition called me up on my phone. Yes, I still had a phone. My parents, thankfully, still paid for that. Um, And my car insurance and whatever. (laughs) Like little things like that my mom still helped me out with. Uh, We'll get back to that in a minute. But uh, I said, hey, man, yeah, I don't have any money. I'm actually sleeping on a couch. I don't really have anything. And, you know... Things aren't really all that great for me right now, but I, I'm super stoked that I was able to show the world, you know, who I am and and how passionate I am about this and how much it means to me. So hearing my story from myself, <laughs> Justin, the guy who owned the competition, he said, you know what, I'm going to give you a free billet. I posted some videos of you and everybody's going crazy. They, they want to see you. They want to meet you. They want to see who this guy is. So you have to be there. I said, okay, let's go. So... I got to go to this big event, and holy shit, like, within the first day, I think I was up in the top three, and it was insane. Like, every event, I was wearing, you know, 
friends' clothes, using friends' Olympic lifting shoes that didn't even fit me, uh, drinking and eating food that I had stolen from Whole Foods that day. Like, no one knew that I was, you know, either laying on a couch or an air mattress for the last, like, couple of years. And, like, I didn't have the best of everything given to me to help me become the best athlete. I just, I only had this giant heart that wouldn't stop beating. So by the end of the competition, I think they had given me second place. I have a second place trophy in the gym right now. And they found out later on, uh, the the points were kind of messed up, but I actually had won the competition, but even second place at the time, it completely changed my life. Like, I had sponsors coming at me, like, you know, wear my clothes and I'll give you a couple hundred bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month. And Progenics was like, you know, we'll give you some money and you take Progenics every day. And I had other um, people there that were like, you know, I can give you a job like doing this or doing that or you can coach at my gym or all these different things. And that's actually when I moved to Los Angeles and I started working at Ronnie Teasdale's gym across at Mean Streets. Um, and I and I wound up moving down there. So. It was a very pivotal time in my life. It, uh, it, it, it needed to happen. It was, uh, if it didn't happen, I don't know what would have happened to me. Like if that one event did not go the way that it went, I can honestly say that I don't think I'd even be in CrossFit anymore. I think I would have, I would have had to have moved home for sure. Um, maybe I would have stuck it out a little bit longer and stayed on the couch. I don't, I'm not really, I'm not a hundred percent positive, but I needed the affirmation of that competition to show the world who I was. I I needed it for my heart. I needed it for everybody else. I needed it for my family. I needed it for so many things. And it just, it went the way that, that it should have went. And there was a couple of things that I did that, you know, I don't know if I could ever replicate again. It happened in the moment and needed to happen. Um, there was some ring handstand pushups that I had no idea how to do at the time. And I was doing them strict, (laughs) And everybody else was like wrapping their feet around the, 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 the straps and pulling themselves up. It was like this weird tactic that you could get through it really fast. And I didn't know how to do that. And I was the only person doing them strict. And thank God I actually still got like top three in that workout because uh, everybody was falling apart. So even now, I don't even know if I could do that again. That's just like one little example. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I literally cried like, holy shit, I beat. All these guys that I was – ah, shit. I always get fucking emotional. I, I was watching these guys on YouTube. I, like, looked up to these people more than anything. They, uh, they, they were my idols. So I started working in L.A. now, and I'm starting to make some money. I got a place to live. <laughs> I was sleeping on an – I bought an air mattress for myself. I still didn't have a real bed yet. And I'm sleeping in an air mattress with uh, – I have a girl roommate, uh, and I'm in, like, not the nicest part of, you know, L.A. <laughs> it's kind of kind of a shitty part, uh, but it, it was fine. And, uh, yeah, I had single-handedly, like, had the most hysterical conversation with – a texting conversation with this girl who let me move in with her. And I basically tricked her into – she she said she only wanted a female, and I told her I was gay, and I told her that. I, you know, have never liked a woman ever, (laughs) like all sorts of ridiculous things. And she's like, well, I have a boyfriend and 
I don't know. I don't think he would like you. You're kind of good looking and stuff. Like, I just looked at your Instagram and I like made up all these things and she was dying laughing. And by the time it was all over, I'd gotten like a discount on rent and she, uh, you know, decided that having a guy roommate would be fine, especially a gay one. And then lo and behold, I'm, I'm just none of the things that I said. <laughs> oh, that was actually really funny. I forgot about that. So I'm living with her and I'm coaching as many classes as I can. I'm, 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 I'm going to all these different gyms saying hi to people. I'm, I'm like really trying to build my name up. I'm trying to, uh, have a nice impact in the community. And at the time it was just such, such an amazing time to be a CrossFitter. Like you could go to any gym and work out with anyone at any time. And it was fun. And it was like, it was the thing to do. Like it was a throwdown session. Um, Instagram wasn't even big enough yet for you to like, you know, be too cool or be videoing everything. Like no one videoed anything. And it was just an amazing time. And like, and those times are gone now, unfortunately. You don't really go to people's gyms and do a bunch of dumb workouts that will, you know, fuck your body up anymore. And it's, it's, it's not the same feel as it used to be. And back then everyone wanted to compete, not like, you know, like a slither of the gym. Like it used to be like half the gym wanted to compete and half of them wanted to just work out. And now it's like, 1% 1% want to want to compete and 99% want to just work out. So amazing, amazing, amazing time. And I still had never like had any like actual money. So I didn't know like what it felt like to have any money. I'm actually still stealing food at this time. Even though I was making money, I wanted to save. So I was still stealing food. Um, anyway, I... Uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Um, shit. So I'm stealing food still, right? Yeah, I'm at Main Streets, and I'm working there. Oh, okay. And I go to regionals. This is a uh, – I make it to regionals, and I get one place from going to the CrossFit Games. Are you kidding me? Like, I missed it by one freaking spot. So, you know, the year before, I told you that I was going to come back and just destroy – and now I have this big name. I'm starting to make some money. And, um, oh, that's where I was going was like I never had any money and what it would feel like to have some. So I miss it by one spot. I To my head, I'm like, all right, now I've made a humongous leap. I went from like being the best guy that everyone thought was going to go to the games and kill it. And I, I fucked up. I didn't know how to compete. So I went from like, you know, getting 20th or 30th of the games or at regionals the year before to now I had gotten fourth place. Huge, huge improvement. Everybody knew that I, you know, belonged to the games that year. I just had like one really bad event that really screwed me over. And um, along this time, I was telling you guys that I didn't have any money. So uh, some, some, some personal training clients started to come around because I was the best guy around that people wanted to train with. And I'll never forget telling somebody that my out like my my fees were a hundred dollars an hour. I was like, oh my god, like this this person's gonna freak out uh, if I tell him a hundred dollars. But I really need time to train, and like if I'm gonna personal train somebody, it's better be worth it. So I spit out the hundred dollar number, and they were like, all right, I want to come three days a week. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I remember just being like, oh my god, I just made. 300 extra dollars a week from this guy. That's like, it was so much money for me. Like, that's an extra $1,200 a month. 
and I'm just training somebody. Like, no big deal. I was only making like $20 a class coaching. So now I was like, holy shit, this is insane. I'm coaching like five classes now at a time. It was just an amount of money that didn't even make sense to me. So I, within a year, and this just kind of goes to show the type of person I am, like when it comes to saving and especially now, like preparing for a rainy day, like fuck, I had a rainy whole bunch of days. But uh, after a year had gone by, I was personal training like crazy. I was marketing myself like crazy. I was working out like crazy still. I wasn't even like sleeping and I didn't even care. I loved every second of it. And I had saved $60,000 in one year. Like, I was this bum-ass kid and, like, just grinding away. And all of a sudden, like, I mean, that means I must have made way more than sixty grand that year, obviously. Like, I was grinding so hard. I'd saved 60000 bucks. I had met this kid at a competition. His name was Kenny Leverich. He was, like, I could tell he was going to be my best friend. And he was for a couple years. Sadly, we don't talk anymore. I fucking hate every second of the fact that that's a real thing. Uh, you know, people make up stories and, you know, we just separated over time. And uh, I'm, I'm really bummed about it, actually. If anyone's listening to this and, and knows that whole piece, I'm, I'm still bummed about it. It sucks. He lives in my town. I never see him anymore. We used to live together. We were just homies and it's it sucks. But anyway, um. When I met him, I knew this kid was going to be like my best friend. We were going to be training partners. We were going to go to the games together. We were going to just take over the world. So I wound up moving to Newport Beach, and I coached at another gym called Orange Coast CrossFit. And at that time, I still had my 60000 bucks saved, and I had went to regionals two more times with them. And during that time, um, I was training some people there too. I definitely was putting more time into training. And as things, you know, started to unravel to me, like there was, there was a couple things that I noticed. So for those of you who know my story, this is some parts right now that I'm going to talk about that I've never talked about before. And I think that they're important. So at this time, I start to notice that like people are creating CrossFit gyms as a business and they're starting to make money from it. And not only that, I'm starting to notice that uh, the social media aspect is coming out. People are getting bigger sponsors. I'm starting to notice, you know, people are making money in other avenues that are besides CrossFit. And I'm, I'm starting to notice that it's time for me to, you know, get back on that career track. Even if I made it to the CrossFit games, I knew that the outcome of it wasn't really a full career yet. And, like, I wasn't necessarily content with the fact that I was just making – money from classes, from coaching and, and private training and stuff. Like I, I knew that I needed something more for when I couldn't do this anymore. And whether or not I made it to the games, I knew that it wasn't going to give me the sense of fulfillment that I needed at the time. So I left that in the back of my head all the time. And Kenny didn't do that. Kenny, Kenny would drop all of his classes and use sponsorship money to keep him afloat. And when he did that, it definitely helped him. He got in better shape, and he made it to the games a couple times. But I started to notice that when he went to the games, it didn't do anything special for him. He got a couple extra sponsors that would give him a couple thousand dollars. But it wasn't life-changing money. It was something he would burn through again because he had to train so he couldn't coach classes. And, yeah, he was working less, but he was training more than me. But in the end of the day, we had, this, we had the same things. 
Uh, we lived in the same apartment together. We had the same amount of money saved. Uh, we had a lot of the same opportunities, except he just had the ability to ask for more money because he had been to the games. And I started to notice that business was really going to be like where I flourished. And I, and I knew that that was I, – I, around that time when I started to compare myself to him, I knew that that was the way that it should go. So this guy that I was training at the time, I had no idea who he was. I knew that he had money, but I didn't know how much. He drove an F-150, wore regular clothes. You you would have never think anything you know crazy from him. So he used to always – kind of drill at me like what do you want to do and like you know I think that you're a great coach and I think you would do amazing you know owning your own gym and I I agreed but at the time there was so many gyms I was like fuck like I don't even know if like owning a gym is a good idea I I don't even want one and I and I see how hard it is to run one and I know that training would be completely done for me which I wasn't completely done with it it just wasn't what I wanted my main focus to be so I got to the point where I knew everybody in the gym. Like, I it was hard for me to train. Like, I would start talking to everybody. I mean, or they would talk to me, and I'd always have to like put headphones on and go in the corner and just be a dick. So after a while, I was, you know what? I'm gonna start training somewhere else. So I started taking a lot of time and going to other gyms to train, and I started to notice that every gym was different, and I would think about my favorite things from each gym and be like, oh man, well, I wish I could go, I wish I could go to a gym that was like, that was like these people and like these people, but also kind of like us at the gym that I worked at. And it didn't exist. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, cool people at, at these gyms where you could, you know, throw down like we could at our gym, but our gym was like really shitty, you know, but we prided, like it was, it was part of the vibe of the gym. Like that's what you want. It was like this like grungy gym and, like, it was gnarly and blah, 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 blah. But I was like, fuck, it feels really good to be in a nice gym. Like, I, I want that gnarly feeling but in the with the nice equipment. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, bougie, but, I mean, it, it was nice. Like, it was – like, if I was going to spend $200 a month, why wouldn't I do it at the nicer gym? Obviously, I wouldn't if the vibe was way cooler at the cheaper gym. At the cheaper gym but – not cheaper, but, like, less quality equipment. But – if I could have that vibe with all the nice stuff, like that would be ideal. So it started to, you know, brighten up in my mind that the idea of owning a gym actually wasn't a terrible idea. I just needed a lot of money to pull off what I what I wanted to do. So I told my uh, client, because he's always like trying to offer me, like, you know, we should open a gym together. I'd give you the money. And I was like, hey, would you ever be like completely opposed to giving me like a million dollars? I know it sounds like a lot, and I don't even know if I'd need it, but I just want to know that I could have it when it comes time to opening a gym. And he said, yeah, you have to pay it back. I, I want you to understand that. Like, that's part of how this works because I didn't know anything about how the deals work. And we decided we were going to do it. And I, I didn't get excited about it until the location popped up that was right because we looked for locations for months and months. And I didn't I, – there was nothing that really, like, was the right location with the right size and the right layout and, you know, ceiling height and – the rent price and just all these things that really come into play when it comes time to, you know, really making this thing work. Because a lot of people, they think they could just do it and they don't realize that there's demographics like how much money is everybody making that area, you know. 
how much is the rent going to be versus how many people can actually be at capacity in the gym? You know, how much money is it going to cost you to put in the bathroom that you need or the shower that you need? And all, and all these things that go into play when it comes to opening a gym. And there's a lot going on. So much more. And, and I know so much about business now that it's crazy. And it's all through experience. And, and, and even my friend who has a master's degree in business is like, yeah, the, the best way of learning business in general is just to do it. And I really believe that. I don't think I could ever have learned the things that I've learned without doing them the way that I did. Like any book would never have been, uh, never sufficed. That's just a side note. But uh, yeah, we eventually got this space that I have now. It wasn't even for rent. My friend knew the guy who owned it before us. He had like a Globo gym in here. There was a bunch of, a bunch of just regular machines, leg presses, you know, shoulder press machines, uh, you know, pec deck a cable crossover, like shit like that. It was a, but it was a personal training gym, but it was super, super fancy. And, uh, yeah, like I had to buy all that equipment and give him money to leave to take over this spot. So he agreed at the time. And I think I had, I want to say I'd given him $50,000 to leave. I had to pay $200,000 for all the equipment. So we sold the equipment and, I got the money back. I got the 200 grand back. So that was like a break even. I gave him money to leave. And then I spent, I don't know, like 200 grand building out the building the way that I wanted it to be. But they had spent $750,000 on the build out. So they actually wanted $100,000 to leave instead of 50. But I gave him, I mean, we gave him 50. That was like the best deal they were going to get. No one takes over a lease and then also gives money. So like, Basically, I won the lease bid on that just because I was willing to give some money. But you put together the $200,000 and $750,000, now you have a million-dollar space. And I just got really, really lucky because these people put $250,000 bathrooms in. They redid the outside. Um, just a lot of feng shui going on inside. If you ever seen my space, it's very, very special. So I just changed all the colors. I, I changed one of these like ugly wood floors to like this polished marble. It's just sick. And then um, you know, I put a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars in equipment in here, top notch everything. And it it uh it was gonna be fucking cool. Like I knew it was gonna be cool now. I'm like, oh wow, like this is gnarly. So before I had ordered the equipment actually, I had spent quite a bit of time traveling around, like all over the country, like Dropping into gyms, figuring out what I liked about everyone. Because now it wasn't just the gyms that I had been to around here. It was important to me to check the most you know, famous and most successful gyms around the nation as well. I was like, I have to go to these places and figure out what makes them successful. I'm not going to talk to the owner or anything. I'm just going to creep around. I'm going to check out all the equipment. I'm going to take a couple classes. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to start counting how many wall balls they have and how many plates they have. And how many members they have. And I just want to know like what my equipment list looks like and all of these things. But at the time, nobody wanted another CrossFit gym to open. So no one was going to tell you those things. So that's why I had to do like my little det- detective work, which is uh, what I like to call it. So I did all those things. And I decided that I was going to like have my gym look a very, very certain way. I had a small floor space. The gym's 5,500 square feet. My floor space is 3,500 to actually work with. The most I've ever had is 400 members in here, and that's that's not monthly, though. It's, like, monthly and punch cards together. And, like, on average, I usually have 300 people kind of working out in the gym. 
So I created this really cool layout where instead of the huge rig that comes off the wall, I created these power racks that kind of come off the wall, which gave me an extra couple feet all the way around. And then I put a pull-up bar through the middle of the room to give me the extra pull-up space for when we need that. But also, because it's where it is, you can work out underneath it so I didn't lose any floor space. But I maximized the uh, the ability of people to do pull-ups and toes bar and all that stuff. I also have this one little, like, very low area in the gym where that's where all my assault bikes are. But I couldn't even put a rower in there because the ceiling's too low. So when you put the rower up, it would hit the ceiling. If you put rowers in there, uh, you'd run out of space really fast. So I have all the rowers, like, tilted up in a very specific way in a very specific place of the gym. And then the bikes are just, like, in the very most perfect spot ever. So... Then I had to, you know, just figure out where I was going to put all these dumbbells because I planned on having a lot of people. And I also think if you're opening a gym, you should always plan on having a lot of people. There's nothing worse than having a workout where you don't have enough equipment. Like that always turns people off right away. Or when they walk in, they see something small and they don't understand that they're part of something big. You need people to understand and to feel like they're part of something big. You know, like you never see a, you know, a Barry's gym or a, or a Orange Theory or something, you know, with only a quarter of their equipment. Because that, that that's just not how you get the vibe going. You have all the shit in there right away. They come in, they know you mean business, and it's time to sign up, and it's time to go. So I really think that that's the way to go, and that's the way that I knew I was going to go. And I did, and I went all out, put all the money on the line. And, uh, yeah, so everything was all set. The gym's all perfect. Everything's in the right place, and I'm super stoked. To make the deal happen, I had to give my – I had 60 grand still saved. I had to give all of that money, literally every cent, to my investor. He wanted to know that I was 100% invested. So I started getting a salary. So my first month, I had no money, so I borrowed that from my mom. I paid her back like right away because I started making a salary from the gym, and after a few months, I just gave her the money straight back. And – Instagram was getting bigger at this time. So this is when I decided to, you know, start showing people that the 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 gym was fucking cool. So no one was really marketing their gyms on Instagram yet, and I wasn't really even marketing myself too much yet, but I knew it was important to market the gym. So as the gym started, I would just make a post, you know, I just bought 30 grand worth of Olympic lifting plates and I just show a huge stack of Olympic lifting plates. The gym's not even open for like two more months. And um, I think by the time we had opened, we had like 10,000 followers because everybody's like, holy fuck, this gym's going to be insane. And I, I would show pictures of the custom bar that I had made. I would show pictures of all the racks coming in, 10 assault bikes coming in, 10 rowers coming in, like ski ergs, all this stuff, you know, like a whole room full of dumbbells, kettlebells, stuff that no one had ever seen. Uh, when everything got painted, I showed that like the inside of it, you know, looked like an equinox. It was super nice. I showed the showers, all these different things, and it was really the only place you wanted to go after this. You're like, come on, this place is insane. And Ryan Fisher own, owns it. It's going to be nuts. Like, whatever. I put like a forty thousand dollars sound system in the place. It's like insane. It's even more money now. I added a bunch of shit to it. You, I can put the music up and rattle your ass off your feet outside the gym if I wanted to. And uh. Yeah, it was the shit, and it is the shit. <laughs> and as I did that, it built up so much hype. And like my first day, I had a hundred members in my gym, and I had that you know 
crazy fuzzy feeling again where I was like, okay, like this is what I was meant to do. And, uh, and yeah, like, oh my God, the feeling of just like that success opening those doors and seeing everybody come in was like unlike anything I had ever felt. And there was one part of the story that I left out here that the year before, because I had gone to regionals now like a few times and the year before was the year that I actually, for those of you who don't know, I freaked out on a judge in front of everybody, like thousands of people. And I told him I was going to kill him and they almost expelled me from CrossFit for life. And they like publicly shamed me on CrossFit.com and said that I was a maniac and crazy and this guy like doesn't deserve to be part of CrossFit and he's not – he doesn't like exude the vibe that we want and blah, 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 blah. It's just insane. You can go to YouTube and type in Ryan Fisher No Rep and you'll see uh, the animosity that was behind it. It's got like well over 100,000 views on it now. So after that, my mom was like, I don't want you opening a gym. Like no one's going to go to it because like they just ruined your name. And it was just another hit that I want to tell you guys, and, and I want to, I want that to shine through on this podcast right now. Is like that was a humongous hit. Like, I will never go to the games ever again after that moment because CrossFit hated me. Anytime I ever competed, I got the worst judging ever after that. Like, the games was no longer a thing that will that would ever happen for me after that. And it's my fault. I accept it. It is what it is. Uh, and I've talked about it a million times of why I fucking lost my mind. And it's basically they didn't know the history that built up to that moment. And feeling a judge take that away from me because he was no repping me and that's why I freaked out. That is the response that they got. They didn't know about me on the couch. They didn't know about you know me crying my fucking self to sleep at night, stealing food and putting everything on the line to stay in this sport that I love more than anything in this fucking world. You know? Like, Fuck. Anyway, that's what happened. I fucking lost it, and I'm still pissed about it because I should have went to the games that year. It was my best year ever. Um, but that was the moment. Like After that, I knew that it was time to move on. It was time to start my career. It was time to fucking just put my head down and do something fucking great that didn't have anything to do with my athletic ability. It didn't have to do with my body and stuff like that. But like, I wanted to do something for other people, something that's fucking inspiring. I wanted to open something great. I want to be part of something great. I wanted other people to be part of this great thing. And I want to leave my mark on this world the best way that I could. So I opened this fucking gym. It was out of control. I did everything I could to make it the way that I wanted it to be. I, you know, I learned as much as I could. I read everything. I coached every single fucking class, 5 a.m., all the way to 7.45 p.m. was the last class. I got, didn't get done till like 9, 9.30. And I coached every one of them. I coached private clients in between. I was coaching 12, 13 hours a day. I did everything I had to do um, with the workouts. I made this. I made that. I did fucking everything, you know? Like, this is going to work. And it's going to be fucking sick. It's the only way that I am going to be able to live my life, like, fulfilled, you know? Like, I didn't make it to the games I didn't want to go into the fucking Olympics when I tore my hamstring and got all fucked up. Like something needs to break for me right now. Like every I get so close and then something shitty happens and I'm fucking over it. All right, rant over on that. So, uh yeah, I blew the fucking hinges off this place. 300 members in a year. I wound up being in every magazine for, you know, having one of the nicest gyms, most well-run 
Um, best vibes in the gym. Like everybody wanted to stop here and drop in, check it out. I was on podcasts all over the place. I was in, you know, I was everywhere. It was, it was cool. And I think people forgot about the stupid, you know, freak out moment, like relatively. A lot of people were still scared to meet me. They didn't, they didn't know me. They thought I was a maniac still. And I'd meet them over time and they, they, they liked me and everything. I was still competing at the time. I had gotten fifth at regionals, two places away from going to the games again. Even though with all that work and everything underhand, and uh, and yeah, like that was a that was a huge step for me, and it was something that I, I I didn't really plan for. But as you guys can see, as the story goes on, it was something that was inside of me the whole time. And for those of you right now who are younger and you don't know where you're going right now, or maybe you're a gym owner right now and you don't know what the next step of your life is. And, you know, you listen to this podcast because you want to be inspired or you want to know what I did to get to where I'm at now. I never let that that hope go. It was something that I couldn't let go no matter what. It was it was so deeply ingrained that I didn't know how to feel any other way. It was the only way I knew how to feel. So I know a lot of you guys have gut feelings, but there's there's sometimes you have a gut feeling that you literally cannot let go of. And that that was what I had, and I'm so happy that I had that. And I'm not like a super religious person or anything, but like if there's anybody in this world who was looking out for me, like they let me know that that was the way, that was the path, that was, that was, that was what I was meant to do. But um, I lived in Newport Beach, and everything here is really, really expensive. So even though... Everything was up and cruising. We started making some money. Like I started to realize that I was never really going to make the kind of money that was going to buy a house here and be able to have kids and you know support a family. I, I started to realize that I just pretty much had you know used my life savings to create a job for myself, basically. And actually, I was making more money as a personal trainer than when I owned the gym. And I started to think about that, and it was something that kind of bothered me. You know, I was putting a lot more hours in. Um, I had a lot more like international fame and I wasn't making any more money. Like I wasn't, it wasn't the money that I expected to make. And it wasn't that I needed it to be happy or anything like that. It was just that I needed it to understand that I chose a career that was a smart move for me. So I, yeah, I had started this career and it's something that I'll probably always have and it's, it's way better than being hired by somebody that you could be fired from. But it's not also enough money for me to, you know, be able to flourish and be able to, you know, do the things that I want to do and be able to have a family. So there was something I did at that time purposely that I didn't realize was going to be such a big deal later on. And it was the online programming that I do now. So I never wanted to put my workouts online because I always thought that that was weird. Like you would you you would pick a CrossFit gym back in the day for those of you guys who don't know by looking at their programming online. You would look at every gym in the area and you'd be like, "Oh, those workouts are cool. Those are cool. I don't like this guy's workouts." blah blah blah. blah. And that's how you decided where you wanted to go. Either your friends went there or you liked the programming. And I always thought it was weird that People put the like once I owned the gym, I didn't think it was weird before, but once I owned the gym, I was like, Ooh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I mean, I'm like this super successful gym right now. Everybody wants to be like me. 
what if they start doing my workouts? Um, then they can pretty much be me, <laughs> uh, without like you know paying for it, or they, they could just copy me very easily. And a lot of people were every once in a while I would post a workout like on my Instagram. I wouldn't post it like, on the website or anything like that. I never posted a, a workout on the website ever. But people would just be tagging like crazy. Oh, you know, we did cross the chalk workout today. It was awesome. It was this. It was that. And I started to realize that the workouts that I was making for my gym were much different than everybody else's. And I knew they were. I knew I put more time in. I knew that I was looking for something very specific in my workouts for my members. Like I'll never forget what it felt like to coach a class and give you know them X amount of work and then people are looking at you like, is that it when it's over? And I think that's like what's very important about experience before you open a gym is like, you know, how many classes have you coached to get to the point where you know what everybody wants? Like I knew and I still know what everybody wants for every class. Like they want a certain amount of work time. It has to feel a certain way. It can only be a certain weight. There's something, I mean, they, they all want their body to look a certain way. And because competition is falling off so much, everybody just wants to look good. So I'm, you know, now my programming's changed dramatically. And if you follow Chalk Online right now, you can go back to 2014 and 15 when I used to make workouts. It's still on the app. You can look at the stuff I made then, and you can look at the stuff that I make now. And uh, it's way, way different. I incorporate you know a little bit of bodybuilding here and there. It's in my own interval style way, the high-intensity interval bodybuilding way that I kind of invented. And um, yeah, people dig it now. And you know every workout now, you know, 40 minutes of class is working out, whether it's strength and a Metcon or it's all Metcon or there's rest and strength and rest and Metcon and rest and strength. And I'll go back and forth. I'll make sure the entire time is filled. I'll have extra credit. Sometimes there's never anything for them to think about. They are fulfilled every day. And that is very, very important to me anyway. Um, because I cared about it that much, it was something that people would ring, ring the phone all the time. You know, what's the workout today? We, we want to know uh, what you guys did the other day. We saw it, but we lost it. Uh, we should have screenshotted it or something. And uh, it started to become apparent to me that a lot of people were really interested in what we were doing. And I had always looked up to this gym called Jim Jones in Utah when I used to live there for the training for the Olympic team. And they had an online subscription that was $500 a year. And I remember them saying one time they had a thousand people on there every year. And I was like, holy crap. And I never forgot that, but that guy trained the movie for the movie 300, all the athletes and uh, all the actors in 300. And he was in men's health and all these things. And everyone signed up for his program because he was super famous and whatever. And I didn't think I'd ever be able to do anything like that, but it was something that was in the back of my mind for years. I mean, this is in my mind for years. I didn't think about it a lot, but I started to think about it, you know, as I, I was owning the gym for about three years. I've been I've been open for five now. But three years in, I was like, all right. I think I can put these workouts online, and I think people will buy them, kind of like the Jim Jones thing. Um, I got to have, like, multiple programs. It has to be better somehow. So I, I put on, you know, now I have three programs on there. There's CrossFit, there's Sweat, and I have this thing called the Daily D, which is for people who don't have a lot of equipment, a lot of time, or maybe they travel or whatever. So it's you know, the daily D, which is just, it's dumbbells only 
you need you need dumbbells, a pull-up bar, and a jump rope, and that's it. You'll never need more than that. It's super popular right now. It's crazy, actually. Um, so I put all those on there. That's all on there. And I remember I wanted to charge like a hundred bucks a month or something. And it, my friends at the time were like, "Dude, I don't think you should do that. It's a lot of money. You know, nobody was really doing this." And I was like, "Man, but I put so much time into it. Like, it's like broke my heart to think about selling it for anything less." And you know, like, what if a gym started following the program and like they were only paying? You know, this, they were all suggesting like twenty bucks. And I was like, "That's so much work. Like, fuck them. You know, like I don't want to do that." Uh, but I swallowed it up anyway. I realized that we had like 10,000 followers on Instagram and I had like, you know, 50,000 or something on my Instagram at the time. And I figured maybe I'll get enough $20 in there to, you know, create something really cool here and, uh, and, and get enough money that I think is worth it. So I put it out there. It fucking started killing it like right away. Um, people were posting the workouts everywhere, man, like we're still, I mean, still, I mean, we're growing even more now than ever. Like, there's so many people that do chalk programming that it makes making the workouts now even more stressful than ever for me. Like, I know that thousands of people are going to do this workout or see this workout and judge me from this workout. Or maybe it's their first week on chalk online and I still want the workouts to be as sick as I've ever posted. So every week really is like everything I have in this programming. So, um, yeah, I wound up putting it on. It was $20 and like within, I don't know, like within like two days, I had like a few hundred people on there and it had more than like doubled my salary that I was making from the gym. And it made coming to the gym a lot more enjoyable to me. Like Obviously, like, the people that were here are my family, and I love them more than anything, and those are my peeps, but, you know, I felt a little bit more appreciated, like, now my programming is getting out to the world, and, like, it's not just the people in the gym that have affirmed that it's amazing, and, and they love it, and stuff like that, but now other people are, and I'm getting, I'm getting paid for all of this time that I put in, like, all the coaching hours, like, all the time I was in school, like, all the time that I put my life on hold to do what I love to do. And to make my mind think the way that it thinks to make the workouts that come out on paper that I put into the computer for you guys. And all of that time started to get, you know, paid off. And, like, what a great feeling. Like, now I understand that people always tell you that, you know, if you just keep loving what you do, the money will come. And it's so hard to trust that. (laughs) When you're in such a hard time in your life, you know, like I had so many hard times where I was like, fuck that comment. Like that means dick to me. Like, fuck this person. He doesn't know shit. Like he got this handed to him or this happened or that happened. And it really doesn't matter. Like guys, I have created a seven figure income for myself and it's not just from the gym and it's not just from chalk online. It's from a ton of shit that I do. I don't even like telling you guys that that's even a thing in my life. Uh, But I think that it needs to be said because the idea of making six figures in my life was like an impossible feat. It was impossible. Like, and if I had made that, I would have thought that I didn't have to do anything else in life. I would think that that was, you know, I had made it and like, wow, (laughs) 
especially growing up as a kid thinking of a hundred thousand dollars was like the craziest thing. And like now I, you know, I've had months where I've made, I make that in a month and it's, it's, there's no difference in anything <laughs> like zero. If you don't love what you do, like, like absolutely nothing. Like I, my lifestyle right now is the same. Like I'm looking at houses to buy that are more expensive than I've ever like thought I'd ever afford. But like, I still drive the same car. I wear the same clothes. I have the same lifestyle in the gym and it would not feel the same if I was making a million dollars being a nurse or being something that was not what I was meant to be. And it wouldn't feel the same if, um, if I was doing what I loved and I know, you know what, instead of saying it wouldn't feel the same, it would actually feel the same if I was making significantly less and doing the same thing. Like, the amount of money that you make does really not do very much for you or anyone around you for that matter except give you like a little bit more security in life where you're like, okay, this is cool. Like I can do this now or whatever. Like you don't even really want anyone to ever really know how much money you make and you don't really want the amount of money that you make to turn you into someone that you're not. So like as much as I thought like when I started making money, I'd want to like go buy a Lamborghini or like – you know, go show off some cool shit. I start to think about the people who do those things and it wasn't like, it wasn't really the first thing that came to mind for me. Like I wanted to go climb mountains, mountains in Norway (laughs) and go fly a paraglider through Switzerland. And I did a bunch of other things that like, that made a lot of sense to me. And like experiences always superseded any sort of material thing in my life. And it's, it's something that I still care about a lot. And when I think back at all the things I have done and all the things that have gotten me to where I'm at, it, there's so many like particular moments that literally they were the, the poorest times of my life. They were the most fucked up times in my life. And they put more smiles on my face than anything I have now. Um... The point of this story is to inspire you. Fuck, I hate getting emotional. It sucks. I hope you guys don't make fun of me. Um, The point of this story is to tell you that all of this shit is doable. You know? All of it. Anyone can really do it if uh, if you really, really bleed passion every day where everybody knows that that's what you're about. And you will not fail. Like, you want everyone to think of you as the first person when it comes to mind of, like, I want to open a gym. Who would be the best person for that? You should be the first thought. I want to create a company, and I need a really good partner. You should be the first person for that. I need to tell someone something that I know that I don't need anyone else to know ever. And I want to trust them. You should be the first person for that. You should be the first person that people go to for everything, for energy, for trust, for work ethic, for inspiration. Like there should be something about you that leaves a mark on everyone on this earth every single time that you meet them. And if you are like that and you live your life that way, good things will happen and people will put things in your hands. Or if you ask, 
they won't say no because they're very, very confident in you. And I've had things happen to me recently that um, would never happen. Shit. <laughs> if people didn't think that way about me. So, uh, yeah. Shit, I hate doing this. Uh, so, always uh, stay passionate about what you do. Realize that all things are possible. And uh, keep grinding along. <laughs> and don't ever forget that the people who are around you are always assessing situations. They are seeing what you're made of at all times. And uh, again, I'm not a religious person, but I I believe that the, the, the people that surround you are kind of like the God that you want to believe. And they are looking at you as if God is looking down at you. And when someone needs you, they'll fucking ask. And uh, and you'll be ready because you don't put less than 100% effort into every day. So, <laughs> I'm going to try to laugh right now to open the, to <laughs> lighten the moment. But, um, yeah, I went from a piece of shit to this badass gym and, you know, making an income that I never imagined and creating a huge family of people. And, uh, there's some parts of that story that I've never shared before. And I hope that you listen to me and you follow me on Instagram because you know some of these things and you have respect for me, not only as an educator and a business owner and an athlete and just a fucking, hopefully, a rad person, but uh, hopefully it's all the above. <laughs> and... uh and yeah, fuck. Um, I just want to send a powerful message across to you guys right now because there's a lot of you guys that are in that limbo stage and I need you to understand that a lot of hits happened for me and a lot of things happened and to keep your focus on track is very, very important and to not give up is very, very important and always be learning. Like when I was learning everything I could for opening the gym, that was like very pivotal piece because when you start the gym, it has to be a certain way in the beginning or it's too hard to fix those things later on. Like even I'd love to check athletes in every day in my gym, but it wasn't something that we did for four years. So now it's very, very hard to implement. So when you start a gym, there has to be a very specific vibe that is set in the beginning, it's there forever. It never leaves because it's it, it starts like that and it just flows. That's why I coached every single class. And that's why I cared about all that stuff so much because I never wanted that feeling to leave. And it's always here, whether I'm here or not. It just fucking lives in this place. And you need to do that if you open your own gym or you open your own space. And um, when it comes to the people that you're around all the time, I've said this, you know, a few times here. I was crying most of the time, but uh, those moments and those relationships mean so much. So the the days that you're having a really bad day 
and it happens a lot to a lot of us, you have to just fucking put that behind you and put the best version of yourself forward and, and be nice to that person. And if you're coaching classes right now and you don't own a gym and you want to own a gym or you are doing something right now that you don't necessarily love and you cannot wait for the day that you get to do something that you do love, every person that you meet right now is very, very important. And even if you're having a bad day right now, you have to suck it up and give the best version of yourself forward. And you always need to keep learning. Like whatever it is that you want to do, no matter how much you know about it, keep learning more about it. Things change all the time. Opportunities change all the time. Look at social media right now. Kids aren't even going to college anymore because they realize they can make more money on social media. I was walking the beach the other day and I made a post on my Instagram about the houses that were on the beach because there are millions of dollars. And I remember growing up as a kid and and thinking, you know, I have to be a lawyer or a doctor to own one of those houses. And it's absolutely incorrect these days because the people who own those houses now could be a professional YouTuber. It could be, you know, someone who invented some small thing that we use every day, which, you know, that could always have been a thing. But it also could be someone on Instagram who's a fitness person. And he's not even someone who went to school. He's not someone who knows more than you. He's just someone who puts out the content that people like. He understands what his business model is, and he has enough money to buy that house. And I think that that's very, very important right now because that person didn't have to do any of the stuff that I did to get to where I'm at and go through all those bumps in the road because they were on top of the trend. And I had a whole podcast on trends and they just saw what was coming and they attacked it and they hit it hard and they're business savvy. You know, they, they deserve everything they get because, uh, because they, they had, they kept an eye out. And when I opened my gym, I kept an eye out and I, I looked at what everybody was doing and I started my gym on the Instagram and I, you know, I created an online programming from that because it was something that I was looking out for. So you always need to be looking out for what's going on around you. If you're just stuck in your bubble, it's very, very hard to diversify. And if that, that word diversify is really what creates more success in your life. Like I could have been stuck with just the gym if I kept myself in just the gym and I didn't understand what was happening around me. And I never would have created that career for myself that I have now that has solidified, you know, the amount of income that I need to own a home now in Newport and to have a family. Like I'm not, I'm no longer nervous about those things anymore. And it's all because I was very aware of what was going on around me and I was very good to the people around me and I always put my best foot forward. So if there's anything you get out of this podcast, it is literally everything I just said in the last 30 seconds. Make sure the best version of yourself is always forward. Make sure you're always looking around at what's happening around you. And just remember that whatever moment you're in right now, that's maybe not the best. It's, it is temporary. You know, like if you have the drive, it's temporary. If you don't have the drive, this could be it for you. And if you don't have the drive, you listen to this podcast right now. Hopefully I just lit a fucking fire under your ass and you're ready to go. And yeah. That's it. I'm fucking ending this thing now because I just laid it down. I cried a whole fucking bunch and (laughs) I'm excited about a lot of things I said and maybe not excited about a lot of things I said. 
But um, I, I really wanted a lot of you new listeners out there to understand where I'm coming from, who I am, you know, why I am the way that I am, why I post certain things. Uh, who the fuck is Ryan Fisher, you know? And why should I listen to him? And, you know, why is this gym cool? Why is this? Why is that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like now you know. You just know a little bit more about me. And if you already knew a lot of that stuff, I added a bunch in there too. So, yeah. And I cried more than fucking ever. And I'm, I sound like a giant pussy. So, all right. That's it. If you guys uh, want to find more about me for any reason, you don't follow me on Instagram. It's Ryan Fish, R-Y-A-N-F-I-S-C-H. That is my IG. If you want to see any of the programs that I've made recently that are sweeping the fucking world, it's JimRyan.com, G-Y-M-R-Y-A-N.com, Jim Ryan. All things gym-related. That's why I put Jim Ryan like that. And if you guys ever want to join any of my challenges, the Carb Cycling Challenge literally has more people on that fucking thing than a Tokyo bus going through the city. It's insane. Everybody's doing it. The results are insane. It is literally... It's going to be what puts me on the map more than anything because uh, it's that big and it's uh, it works really, really well and people are fucking stoked on it. So you have my programs. You have the nutrition challenges. You guys can go to CrossFitChalk.com, sign up for my online program. You guys have access to my whole library. You can go check out what I was making in 2014. You can go check out what I made today. Um, everything is on there. You have access to Sweat, to CrossFit, to the Daily D. And if you guys ever just, like, need some inspiration, um, you can go ahead and cruise through some of my older podcasts. A lot of topics on there. A lot of times when I'm talking solo, there's a lot of uh, some personal stuff on there that's that's good stuff. And you can send me a message anytime. I usually send a lot of video messages back on my Instagram because I don't feel like typing. So you get me on there, which is a little bit more personal. And, um, and yeah, guys, I hope that you love this episode. I hope that you share it with everybody you know. I uh, hope you don't make fun of me too much for crying. And I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you're fired up. Yeah, I don't want this to end right now. I feel like we're so close. <laughs> I feel so close to you guys. And um and yeah, I just it's it's all the feels and I'm just really excited that I get to talk about my story with you guys and motivate people and be the person that I wanted to listen to so bad when I needed it. And now I'm the person that gets to tell you guys that. And it's the greatest fucking feeling ever. I will not cry about that. That is something I'm fucking stoked on. And that's it. I love you guys. I hope you guys loved this episode. And that's it. I'll see you guys next week.